hiking count correctly of the Parkrun Adventurers. I am super excited. This is going to be a chocolate fueled episode. I hope you're all holding on. Scotty, are you here? Are you joining me? I am. Hooray! <laughs> Welcome to the episode 54. Oh, I'm excited. You're excited. I am, yeah, it doesn't take much chocolate at this time of night to get me excited, so I'm not going to be sleeping for hours. <laughs> so did I inspire you last week when I was eating chocolate? So you went out and brought more chocolate to eat. So I'm an influencer. Can I tell you a little secret? You know how with the pineapple chocolate, like every time I see it, I just buy a couple of bars or whatever. Apparently last week, Adam decided to uh, do a bit of a reorganize of the pantry. And do you know how many bars of that chocolate I have in my pantry? Rough guess, half a dozen. More. A dozen? More. Really? I have. Are you ready for it? Yeah. 19 blocks of pineapple <laughs> chocolate and he worked it out he he looked at the the expiry date and he's like i need to eat one block of that chocolate every week for the next 19 weeks and i'm still going to be eating it past the expiry date i was like wow i i've really slowed down on my consumption during the summer so i'm gonna have to up the ante again nah. Ch- chocolate's one of those things that you can risk going beyond the expiry date i'll, oh, let, yeah, yeah. I'll let you in on a secret i actually prefer it <laughs> Because it goes a bit, you know, what does it do? It goes funny. The consistency changes. It goes hard. I like expired chocolate. (laughs) So if you don't want it, send it down here. Well, I'll keep it until it expires. We'll forget for a moment that it's in the fluctuating heat of the Sunshine Coast Queensland summer. Um, Maybe we'll just have to start sending it out as prizes to Parkrun Adventurers for random things we ask them to do. Yeah. Don't mention prizes. (laughs) <laughs> We're not very good at sending They're them coming. on time. They're coming. To our prize they winners, are. they are coming. <laughs> are you ready for some news? Always. All right. Well, let's get to it. Since the first event launched in South Australia in December 2012, the state has hosted 1,014 events with 7,131 volunteers making it happen for 99,169 finishers. The magic 100,000 finishers target is expected to fall next parkrun day. On Sunday, legendary UK parkrunner Ron Hill didn't go for a run. On the 21st of December 1964, he did. He ran in the Olympics that year too, and in 1968. And in 1970, he won the Boston Marathon and followed that up with another Olympic effort in 1972. For 19,032 days, he ran at least a mile every day. On Sunday, he didn't go for a run. So that's a lot of days. Did you know that that that, that equals more than 52 years of running every day? It's quite a streak. It's It's longer than my streak. What's what you've got a streak happening? What's your streak, Scotty? I recently, like, I just did a seven-day or an eight-day streak that I was pretty proud of, and I really, <laughs> I didn't want to not run on the ninth day or whatever it was. So I, I can only imagine how poor old Ron felt on Sunday. Do we have a bit more yeah. info about why he didn't run? Um, well, I believe that 
the on the on the Saturday when he went for a run. So running streaks are are an actual thing that get like the progress of them gets charted by someone. There's a whole official spreadsheet of people who are on running streaks. There are lots of other people who are doing it as well. Um, he was win he was winning in terms of the longest running streak in the world, and I think the next person behind him is still about ten years behind him or something roughly. Um, but I believe that, yeah, he was having some heart pain after about the first 400 metres. And to, to have a running streak, you have to run a minimum of a mile each day. So that's in our terms of reference, 1.6 kilometres. And, yeah, I believe he was having some heart pain from about 400 metres on. And I think he decided that, you know what, if if he dies, he's not going to be able to do the streak anyway. And he really kinds of owes it to his family, his wife and his sons and friends, not to die just because he was too stubborn to break a streak. So yeah. I think he made the right choice. He's already left a legacy, you know, what I read out. A couple of Olympics, Boston Marathon. Not to mention a whole heap of park runs in the UK. Yeah. Do you reckon people go up to him and say, hey, you're Ron Hill, the park runner? Or hey, Ron Hill, you're the Olympian? Or hey, you're Ron Hill who just... Ran for 19,000 days in a row. I'm pretty sure he gets all of those things. I've got a streak, you know. A running streak? No, it's not a running streak. Um, that that would require me to put on shoes every day and charge my GPS watch and, you know, go and get sweaty and stuff. Just checking in. Are you still running? Um, I Not a lot lately. I'm mostly wogging and... With a, a big, healthy dashing of volunteering in, you may have um, memories of what the heat is like in Queensland during the summertime. And I'm a bit of a wuss, and so I choose those months to volunteer and watch everybody else sweat it out. I so. can completely understand that after what I've just been through. But tell, well, tell <laughs> us, tell us about your streak then. Well, for the last 115 days, so it's still substantial in terms of its length, in my opinion, I have played my cello every day. Mm. Okay. <laughs> feeling, feeling the awe from you, Scotty. So how long, do, how long do you have to play it to contribute? Oh, it, I just have to play it. So pretty much five Walk past it in the hall, the run your fingers across the... Strings that done it? No, that doesn't count. I have to pick it up and I have to tune it, and then I have to run through some scales and some arpeggios, and then I have to play some songs, and then then I'm satisfied. But look, this is the dedication of my streak. I have been particularly busy over the past month or so with um, between parkrun commitments and my actual job and things like that, and I have gone to bed exhausted. And realised after, you know, my brain trying to wind down for 15 or 20 minutes before sleep and just running through all the things that I haven't played that day. And so pitch black, husband's asleep, I'm lying in bed and I sit bolt upright. It's like, shit, I need to go play my cello. And I've got out of bed three times in the last fortnight to go and play my cello because I hadn't played it that day, just so I don't break my streak. That's the power of streaks. And stubbornness. Okay. And so does this wake Adam up? Uh, only, a, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> He's not used to it by now? 
Well, no, I do try to do it before I go to bed. Like the intention is to do it while I'm awake and during the daytime. But it's it's often the last thing that I do before I go to sleep, which is really nice actually because it helps separate my brain from the computer screens and all the other things that I've been doing on the computer and helps me to wind down and relax. Well, that's good. You love your fiddling, so that's good to hear. <laughs> I do. And there's nothing like fiddling before bed. Yeah. Now, speaking of fiddling, I love parkrun adventures, and I had one on the weekend. Do you want to hear about it? Yes, it's been far too long between adventures for you. Tell me all about it. So I adventured to Renmark. Now, this was due to a family holiday up on the Murray. We went up to Mildura, and the closest parkrun to Mildura is Renmark. And how often, like, Renmark is one of those events, and it's one in locations in Australia, that I don't think they're going to get many visitors, because when they asked, there weren't many hands going, when they asked for adventurers, there weren't many hands going up. In fact, we were the only adventurers, I think. But they did ask. They did ask. So That's a key question. There was a lot Did of... they ask because you went and introduced yourself beforehand and said, hey, I'm an adventurer? No, no. Yeah. So they, they do get some. We, we did get the, uh, where you're from, Westerfolds, never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay, so you don't listen to the podcast. Um, but it was good, a lovely local run, small run along the river, nice and flat, but very hot. I didn't realise how hot it was up in that part of the country. It gets hot in South Australia in summer. Yeah. Like, really hot. (laughs) What were you expecting? Penguins and cool breezes. Maybe not penguins, but a cool breeze at 8 o'clock in the morning wouldn't have gone down. Or would have gone down very nicely. Instead, it was 26 degrees, blue skies, blazing sun. Oh, heaven forbid, 26 (laughs) degrees. However did you manage? Well, the the good thing is there's no humidity up there. It's just... (laughs) Dry heat, which I think I'm better in humidity. I think it's seriously. I think it, yeah, it's it's my Thai blood. For those that don't know, I'm half Thai. You would never know by my name and my looks, but I'm half Thai, so I can handle humidity. When we went up to far north Queensland, I mean it was hot, but I was okay. I'm pretty sure I remember you telling me that you couldn't handle it well, when you were up here. <laughs> it was six six to twelve months ago, so my memories <laughs> faded somewhat. Yeah. I think and all you remember the blue oceans and, yeah. Well, yeah, anyway, but this dry <laughs> But Renmark, I've done it. I've, I've added an Renmark. R to my – so this is the new craze, the alphabetor – what is it? Alphabet touring? Yeah, I, I don't know what the correct term is for it. I haven't paid I'm much attention a, to I'm it. I'm not but, on that bandwagon, to yeah, be honest. But a lot of people are, and so – and I must, in the back of my mind, subconsciously, because – I did go through my list and go, oh, I've added an R to my alphabet. <laughs> so that was cool. Well, there you go. I forgot to tie up my shoelaces, so I was a bit bummed. I tried to run really hard and then stopped twice to do up my shoelaces. But you didn't think to do up the second one the first time you stopped? I thought it would hold out. I, I could feel it getting <laughs> loose, <laughs> but it's only 5K. So the first one went at about 2K. You know. Rookie mistake. Yeah. Do you think you're self-sabotaging subconsciously on purpose? Maybe. Maybe. Or it might just be that you're being a lazy tourist. What, neglecting my shoelaces? Yeah. 
Oh, look, I was having a conversation on Saturday morning before the run. Ask somebody how uh, how they were doing. They're like, oh, actually, you know, not feeling great. You know, I don't think I'm going to run very well today. A bit, there's something funny going on in my belly or something, and my legs have been playing up. And I'm like, it's hot, and you're just making up excuses because you don't think you're going to run very well, <laughs> and you're just preempting. And so it's just like when you don't have a great run, you'll get back at the end and went, yeah, but you know, it's because I'm not feeling great and blah blah blah. People make up so many excuses. Yeah. You know what else I forgot and what else I might have thrown me is that South Australia is half an hour behind Victoria. So we left Victoria and got to Renmark half an hour before we should have. Oh, so you you drove directly there on the day? Yeah. Yep. How many hours did that take you? Just a bit over an hour, hour and a half maybe. So we aimed to get there. 7.30, quarter to 8, but we actually ended up getting there at 7. And the town was dead. The town was closed. Well, it was asleep. <laughs> it yeah, wasn't okay. dead. <laughs> it just hadn't woken up yet. But this is not something that I'm used to, but I did discover over the whole weekend that these country towns, you know, nothing's happening at 7 o'clock in the morning like I'm kind of used to. You know, the toilets were locked. All the shops were locked. No one in the street. Except seven, except seven o'clock for, on a Saturday morning, that's pretty normal throughout most of the country. Is it? Stuff not to be open. You yeah. Know, you know, the only people who were there was the, the ladies setting up park run, chalking the path. So we knew we were in the right place. Much better to be half an hour early than half an hour late. Yeah. But there you go. Big tick to Renmark Park Run. Thanks for having us on Saturday. Time now to introduce another regular segment that we wanted to introduce to the pod. Mel, I want to get better as a runner. Do you want to get better as a runner? Well, who doesn't? We all want to go faster. We all want to improve ourselves. We're going to introduce a segment with a coach. And our coach is Australian representative, Bridge to Brisbane winner, Melbourne half winner, two bays record holder, and my coach, Steve Deneen. Thanks for having me, Scott. It's uh, great to be here and have all the uh, park on with you today. Now, you're joining us on the couch. The idea behind it is that uh, we're all regular park runners. We all might be recreational park runners. And as I said, we all want to get faster. So have you got a tip that a regular park runner could use to improve their park run time? Or just their running yeah, in general? Yeah, definitely got a few tips there because I think... Um the, the basically the easy way to put it, I call it the uh, variety of the spice of life, and it means uh, mix up your runs. So when you go for your runs, don't do the same course, don't do the same distance, don't do the same time, because your body adapts to the to what you do. And if you don't change it up, it gets used to it. So really, by mixing your runs up, you're going to do a few things. And the most important one you're going to do is make your body have to readapt and get stronger. The areas you want to work on where you mix it up will be, you know, if you're averaging as a park runner, you might run three times a week and you're doing on average seven kilometres a run, what you're best to do is do one easy run at 7Ks, one easy run at 10Ks, and a slightly faster run at 5Ks. And so you've got different distances, slightly different speeds and different amounts of time on your feet. And just by doing that, you'll notice you've still got the same distance per week covered, but by mixing them up on different days, you'll just find the body starts to adapt because one's a bit faster, one's a bit longer, one's a bit slower for the recovery. 
Steve, can I just jump in in here? So 5K is probably the max that a whole bunch of park runners have ever really got to, but they do want to, you know, increase their speed at that. If 10K might be a little bit out of what they feel is comfortable or possible for now, could they do like a faster, shorter one and then the 5K and then something a little bit longer than that? Yeah, well, I can, if, if, if the park runner's limit was kind of a 5K, the way I'd go about it would be do your 5K run, then the next time you're going for a run, I'd actually break your 5K run up into doing probably, I'd go out and do just a slow 3K, then I'd probably have about a five-minute walk for them to recover, and then I'd go on and do another two to 3K, so maybe at the 6Ks at a faster pace. So that way, you know, you're only doing 6Ks, but you actually do the first three at a steady pace, have a small break so they can recover, and then go push out another 3K slightly faster. So in a way, you're doing two by 3K efforts with the second one slightly faster than what they normally do, the 5K in. You're already warm for the second part. Yeah, you're warming up. And the other thing too is, if you look at it, you know, they're normally doing 5K, so They've achieved two things in that session. They've done 6K, so they've done an extra K in total distance, and they've also done 3K of that faster. And that little that little two-minute, three-minute to five-minute break in the middle allows them to recover to be able to do that. So in the end, they're doing a bit further, and, you know, 3K is a little bit faster. Are we talking about variety of courses too, Steve? Because some park runners just love running the same course. It may be the park run course. Beautiful. The easiest way of doing that is I'd do, do the same loop re- reverse. If you actually mix up the course, you can still do 5Ks. If you do your usual run, it's 5, 6K from home or it's a park run, do that normally. But then if you come back another day and do exactly the same course, but in the reverse direction, you'll notice it's generally pretty different. Different turns, different hills to go up, up and down. Okay. We've got a problem if we've got an out and back. Can we just explore off the track? If you've got an out and back, that's even easier. So if it's an out and back, so it's 2.5K out, 2.5K back. Um, have you ever heard, heard of a monofartlek? I have. So Steve Monofartlek, Steve Monofartlek, get his name after. The monofartlek is a 20-minute session, and it's pretty much 10 minutes out and 10 minutes back of changing pace. So what they can even do is, if it's an out and back course, rather than run 2K straight out, maybe what they can do is do the first K at a nice relaxed pace, do the next 500 metres slightly faster, next 500 slightly slower, and do that for 2K or K and a half out, do, do the same thing on the way back and jog the last K back, back in. If that kind of makes sense. So what you're doing is you're just changing your pace on that course. So are all these things kind of reliant on them having their own GPS watches so that they can keep an eye on their pace, or can they work based on perceived effort? Uh, I reckon the best way of doing it is probably perceived effort. And I have no doubt when you first go to do it, you're going to muck it up. Even if you're the best runner in the world, you go to these sessions for the first two or three times, you muck it up. So the easiest way of doing it is actually going out and playing. Just go out and play. Go out and you say, okay, I've got a 2.5K course out and back or I've got a 5K loop. Go off your watch. You know, normally the 5K, I do it at 6-minute K pace, so it's 30 minutes. What I'm going to do is 10 minutes at the start as a nice warm-up. I'm going to do 10 minutes at the end as a cool-down. And the middle 10 minutes, I'm just going to do minute on, minute off, minute on, minute off for five of them. And what's that on? At a pace that you feel like you're picking it up, but you can maintain it. And the off is obviously a jog. And most people will go out for the first of those one minutes and go too quick. But once I've done it a few times, I realize I've got to go a bit more steady towards the start and make them all even. Can I vouch for this? that I've been running with Steve's group for a few months now, and I'm, I still muck it up. 
every week. I think it's important not to worry about getting it right the first time. I mean, I think Steve, you're spot on there. Steve's given me instructions to go out at certain paces and to do certain things, and I've got it wrong every time. But I am getting better, and I think everyone will get better if you just keep doing it. If it makes you feel better, Scott, I sometimes get it wrong. I often go out there and for some reason, I don't know if I've woken up with too many happy pills, I feel like I'm better than what I am. And I go out there and I think, oh, I've gone out way too quick too early. It's just one of those things. And the more you do it, the more you realize, okay, this is where, where I'm at. And the hardest thing for people to do is when you've been running for a while and you come back from a sickness or injury, you remember how fast you used to go. You're not in that shape. And your brain kind of goes to the pace you used to go out and you realize after a few reps, you're not that pace anymore. So if you mark it up, you don't worry. You just go, okay, you you know, it just gives you data as I've gone too fast out, take it in, absorb it, and next time I'll go a little bit slower and see how that, that goes. Good day. Before we let you go, how's your park run been going lately? Have you been getting out and doing some park runs? Yeah, I've, I've done a couple park runs. I did study park run about a month ago, um, and I've been trying to get out for the last few weeks, but I've actually been, I'm actually going to the um, World Masters, would you believe, indoors in March in Korea. So I've had to spend a couple more weeks on a Saturday on the athletics track to try and remember how to run an athletics track. So once I get through March, I'll probably plan over April, May, June to get around and do a fair few park runs around Melbourne. Uh, I've, done, I've done a couple now, but uh, I'd like to do a couple more. Sounds great. I, I wouldn't even know how to like run on a track outside, let alone indoors. So I imagine that's going to be an interesting challenge for you. Well, the indoor track's only 200 metres, so it's half the length of an outdoor track, which means there's a lot more bends and a lot sharper. So you've got to actually learn to run on sharp bends. And the lanes actually are like a bit of a bike track where the outer lanes sort of start to go up. So you've got to learn to run on a bit, bit of a gradient on sharp bends. So I'm trying to teach myself to run circles. Do you not get dizzy? Um, I've never ran indoor. The first time I'm going to run indoors at the World, World Indoor Chance for Masters. So um, I'll <laughs> let you know in about two months. I'm just trying to get used to running on the track and then I'll get used to running curves soon, uh, circles. Awesome. Well, we, we'll let you go now, Steve, because we don't want you to give away all the tricks of the trade in one go. We will have you back on the show. Thank you for joining us this week. We're sure our runners will appreciate getting some tips from somebody who actually knows what they're talking about, as opposed to me and Scotty. Uh, you look, Scotty, I haven't seen you run, Mel, but I've seen Scott run, and Scott's learning and improving so much. And as I said, you guys are the ones that are giving information to the people. So thanks for having, having us on here. And uh, I said, if anyone has got any tips on that session and they want to message you guys, I'm happy to answer them next time I'm on about this um, pod. And we're going to continue the South Australian theme as we catch up with not one, but we're lucky enough to have two event directors join us from Strathalbyn Park Run this week. Welcome to the podcast, Paul Jude and James Clegg. Thanks for having us. Strathalbyn Park Run. Remind us where Strathalbyn is and tell us a bit about your course. Okay, so Strathalbyn is roughly 50 kilometres from Adelaide on the Flurio Peninsula. Some of your listeners might be familiar with Victor Harbour, a popular tourist destination in the Flurio. We're roughly 45 minutes from, from Victor Harbour as well. What sort of course have you got at Strathalbyn? Yeah, Scott, we've got a, um, it's mainly a, a bitumen path that uh, winds its way along the side of the Angus River. Um, 
quite shaded in places with the with the trees hanging over. Um, so it's uh, go out probably about uh, 1.3 k's and come back probably about 1.25 k's. You head back out to the first turnaround and then uh, come back to the start area. So it's an out and back course and it's mainly bitumen, as I say, good for prams and good for. Uh, uh, yeah, good for everybody. There's uh, quite a lot of room there for uh, PBs and things like that. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great little course. Now, gentlemen, your event's been running for exactly 31 park run days or events, especially since, you know, you'd get to do extras some days. What was the impetus for you to start an event? Had you been park running elsewhere before or you just specifically wanted to bring something to your local area? Yeah, the, um, we started. I started running in... I think it was July 2014 at Mount Barker. I've been running there for a while at Mount Barker where I met Paul. I realised Paul was from Strathalbyn as well and we just got talking, um, became friends. And uh, over a few beers, I think we discussed uh, bringing Parkrun to Strathalbyn, but initially we, we decided that we didn't know if we could do it. And then Mount Barker started to grow um and uh, there was over 200 people at mount barker because it was getting so successful and we thought we'd try and uh, alleviate some of the patron traffic at mount barker and uh, and set up at strath so we uh, we got strath going i think it was july 2016 we got strath uh, up and running um but we we found that um we didn't really get uh, or alleviate much traffic from Mount Barker. We, we actually got homegrown parkrunners, so we got new people to come to parkrun. This is a common story. When one idea is when one parkrun gets really big, we'll just start up another one. But generally what happens is we just end up introducing a whole bunch of new people to parkrun. Um, you guys are close to the Mount Barker team, and you guys did a New Year's Day double with Mount Barker? Yeah, we did. How yeah, was that? So, oh, it was terrific. Um, overwhelming, but terrific. We had a unique situation where Mount Barker had scheduled their run for 7am and we had scheduled our run for 9am. So I don't know if James mentioned before, but Strathalbyn and Mount Barker are about 25 minutes drive apart. Uh, so many people... Uh, not just Mount Barker runners or Strathalbyn runners, but lots of people from Adelaide and many of the various uh, other park runs that have started up around the state um, made it their their packed or New Year's resolution to do two park runs in a day. So I think there were over a hundred over a hundred runners who did both the Mount Barker run and the Strathalbyn run. Uh, so we were completely overwhelmed when we had 179 runners. Uh, turn up at our event at, at Strath, uh, considering that we usually average between 30 and 50 runners. That was just incredible. You also had a couple of fast visitors on New Year's Day. We did, yes. Um, Paul Martelletti, I think his name was, and Hannah Allroyd, I think her, her name is. They set um, new records at not only the Strath Alban Park Run, but the, the uh, Mount Barker Park Run. Um, yeah, so back-to-back records for both of them. And I certainly know Paul is from uh, the UK, so that's uh, that's a time that we need to um, break by 
an Australian runner, and hopefully a South Australian runner. Uh, Anna as well. She's she's also from the UK. Um, so yeah. Were they travelling together, just trying to break all the records in Australia while they're here? No, I don't think they were. We we bumped into uh, Anna some weeks prior uh, at the Victor Harbour. Um, but yeah, the uh, both of them very impressive to uh, to see them just glide along the clock course. They were, they were very good. Um, didn't see them often because they were, uh, they were flying past us like I was standing still. <laughs> <laughs> now, were you prepared for all those runners? If if you're used to having between sort of thirty and fifty, do you just have all the tokens in your kit for up to two hundred runners on a normal week? Oh, there was there was a thick layer of dust on the uh, on the tokens one hundred <laughs> through, through the two hundred. Um, but a little story for you. So so James he did the Mount Barker run on New Year's Day, but then he rode his bike from Mount Barker to Stratham. There was one of our other run directors, John, he did, he did the same one. And just before James got on his bike, uh, he sent a text to me from Mount Barker. He said, get ready, there's a whole heap coming. So I was the uh, lone ranger back at Strath getting, getting the event all set up. And when I, when I turned up there, I think it was about three quarters of an hour before we were due to start, there was already a sea of people there. Um, so I knew it was, we were in for a big day. And would you do it again next year, New Year's Day double? I don't think we've got a choice. I think um, people have told us um, that we're doing it again. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see, but I don't think we've got much of a choice. One other thing we've heard about, Strath, is that you recently won an award for the Community Event of the Year. Firstly, congratulations, and tell us about that. Thank you, yeah. Um, so we got the Community Event of the Year 2017 uh, award. Um, now, I couldn't be there because uh, I had a trip to Melbourne and did the Albert uh, Park, Park Run in uh, Melbourne. Uh, so Paul attended the uh, ceremony. I'll let you tell all about it. Yeah, so like many places around Australia, there was an Australia Day breakfast put on by the Strathalbyn Rotary Club, which uh, ironically uh, are one of our sponsors for Parkrun. Um, oh, it was probably 300 or so people at the, the breakfast there. And yeah, we received our award and it was really great to have a number of the young families who have made Parkrun part of their Saturday morning turn up and they really felt like that's you know it's not not James's award it's not my award it's 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 the community's award everyone although we're still a, a small park run but growing um, everyone feels a sense of ownership and just looking at our volunteer roster looking forward it's really 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 healthy there's just some great enthusiasm around and yeah, we're just really grateful that we took the plunge and jumped through the necessary hoops to get park run going because it's at that point where the hard work's over and it just it just ticks along and we get to enjoy it. So uh, we're yeah. very grateful. Yeah, we've got some great people behind us now. It's always wonderful to get recognition for, I mean, I know you don't look for it, you're not doing it for the thanks, but to be recognised that you're contributing to your community in such a positive and healthy way is always lovely to have that little pat on the back. Yeah, that's it, it is good to see that. It's good good to have that um, and uh, I think it's I think without 
uh, without the territory director John, without his assistance, we've we've been bothering him all the time. You know, he's been great um, as John, and um, we owe a lot of thanks to him for getting this up and running as well. We do love John Laurie and all his work for South Australia. He does a great job. Now, I especially like the fact that James was on an adventure, which is why he couldn't attend your uh, ceremony for your community event award. Do you gentlemen get to get out and now, as you mentioned, your event's ticking along so you can enjoy it. Do you get to get out and do some parkrun adventures from now on, every now and again? Yeah, absolutely. I reckon uh, James actually might have booked his flights to Melbourne because he knew that there was a chance he'd have to make a speech at the Australia Day ceremony, (laughs) to be honest. But um, no, no, it was was a shame he couldn't be there because he's – He's been the one in, in my ear for a number of times, a number of years, saying, oh, do you reckon we do this at Strath? Do you reckon we could do this at Strath? So uh, it would have been fitting that he was there. But anyway, um, yeah, as for the crux of your question, yeah, we're at the point now where we have a group of, is it six or eight? Six. Six, six run directors that we're, um, we sort of take it in turns of running each event, which gives us a chance to actually physically run, which is the whole reason we found out about Parker anyway because we went to Mount Parker to do that. So um, we have enjoyed the fact that, you know, it was a short-term investment in, intensively from us to, to get it up and running, but we're at that point where we can still enjoy running. Wonderful. Now, we usually ask uh, an ED if they've got a top three park runs. Since we've got the two of you, we might just get two of your faves from each of you and it can't be a home park run. So... Let us have it, gentlemen, and tell us why. You're up, James. Murray Bridge. I like Murray Bridge. It's an out-and-back course. Sorry, it's a two-lap course. But it's it's a straight course. It's got a slight hill at the end, which you you don't really notice. And then you turn around and come back, and it just seems to help you. It's always good for the PBs. Set aside the river, especially in winter when the steam's coming off the river and it's all picturesque. Yeah, I like Mary Bridge. I like Mary Bridge. I'll go to you for your next one, I would think. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pick one in South Australia and then one in New South Wales. I will say Mount Barker. Um, that's where I did 50-odd runs to start with. And, yeah, that's a, a beautiful trail out to the Laratinga wetlands. And there's an yeah, awesome bunch of people there. So well done to the crew there at Mount Barker. They just keep growing. I think they had over 200 there on the on the weekend. And the other one, I was fortunate enough in October last year to do a bit of a trip with my young family, uh, which included also visiting the Blue Mountains. And we stopped in at a place called Lawson in New South Wales, not far from Katoomba. And that is a crazy park run track there, crazy in a good way. You're on a whole heap of... Um, fire tracks and silly me when I decided to go to a park around the Blue Mountains I should have known it was going to be a challenging challenging course um, one hill in particular I think I'm still uh, still massaging the knots out of my calf muscles but um, no it was a, a great experience uh, I appreciate the, the work that people have done at the Lawson Park Run. Yeah and for my second um, it's just so to choose from that good Mount Barker, Victor Harbour. There's some great ones out there. I think I'd have to um, 
possibly say uh, Huddersfield Park in the UK, maybe one of them. Uh, that's my hometown. Great course through the park, Greenhead Park over there. So, yeah, um, hard to choose from. No, that's good. We love hearing about some international park runs that have made their top, your top three list. Gentlemen, thanks for coming on and sharing your story about Strathalbyn. And it's good to see the parkrun scene in South Australia is really strong and healthy at the moment. So thanks for coming on the pod. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Well, there are no launches countrywide this weekend. Thank goodness. That will give an opportunity for adventures, adventures and adventurers who want to catch up on some events that, you know, these weeks that we have two launches, I think it's a little bit unfair on the people who are trying to keep on top of events <laughs> events in Australia, you know. It's hard enough to try and catch up without launching two events every week. So, Parkrun <laughs> Australia, we thank you for not launching anything this four weekend. People. Oh, no, there's more than four of us. I'm, I want to keep on top of it too, but I don't get around to enough events. So they just need to slow the hell down with all the launching. I disagree. More launches. I'm disappointed this week. Oh, okay. Well, can't agree on everything. Where's the cake though, Scotty? Or donuts, if there happen to be donuts. We have two anniversaries this week. I'm going to get this wrong again. Toulon, Toulon, Toulon Creek in Victoria. Celebrating their second that's two years. You know, I went to the launch of Tulin, had a very minor bit when those guys were starting up. And nobody explained to you how to pronounce it? Yes, Mark has explained on numerous occasions. <laughs> <laughs> because I would say to learn. That's how I would say it. But that's... And do you know what? I think we had this conversation 12 ago? months ago. Yes. When we were talking about it, Sarah, we should go back to that episode and have a listen. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe see what our lessons were learnt. Obviously, they weren't learnt. But Toolan, Toolan Creek is celebrating their second anniversary, and I would love to go, but I'm run director this Saturday. But I'm going to put that on my list to head back out there. But there's one more anniversary over in the West. Ooh. Yeah, they can talk about anniversaries, remember? Woodbridge Riverside. <laughs> I know they can talk about But we're allowed to talk about them. Well, thank you. So, well done, Woodbridge Riverside. Turning the big one. First anniversary. Now, we, we had a bit of a chat about something different that we could do to finish up the episodes lately and or start them on the slow news weeks. We had, we, we had a bit of news this week, so we decided not to do it this week. But, Scotty, you made some big promises that you would have an awesome joke for me. I don't think I'm, I'm, I don't think there were big promises. I'm, I said she said he said, Have you got a joke? Was, I go, Yeah, I've got a joke. Okay. <laughs> I I remember it differently. So I have high expectations. But fortunately nobody else knows that this is coming before now. So their expectations are probably quite low. So come on, hit us with it. Here's my joke. Is it, it is it a running joke? Ah, kind of. Kind of. And if you've run at Westerfolds, you might have already seen it because we have jokes out on the course. So if, you, if you're listening and you've heard it before, just laugh along anyway. But did you know what Bruce Lee's favourite drink is? Bruce Lee. Um, 
I'm gonna regret this. No, I don't. What is it? What the? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um. Get it? Yeah, I I get it. Funny, I isn't it? You said it was a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> you laughed. I'm still laughing. Yeah, but and it's I've heard it before. If I don't laugh, I'll cry. Situations. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Okay. Give us yours. If anybody, if any, I don't have a joke. Oh. If anybody thinks you can, and I want to hear running jokes. Okay. Um, if anyone has a good running joke, please either record it and send it to us. In fact, that would be great because you, nobody will be able to deliver it like you can. Or get in touch and we will invite you on the show to record it for you. And or if you don't want your voice out there, the third and final option is that you can just email us the joke and we will try to deliver it with such skills as Scotty has just <laughs> demonstrated for you. I've set the bar anyway. So you yes, know you have. that it's probably best and if you very, record it yourself. It's far too low to limbo beneath that bar, so... <laughs> <laughs> the only way is up from here, I'm pretty sure. Somebody wrote that in chalk on your path? No, we made signs. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so you can reuse them. <laughs> but that one didn't get used much, so I made these signs when we started. I wonder why. <laughs> three years ago. And, you know, there's a couple that if you've been running at Westerfolds every week for three years, you're probably a bit sick of these jokes. But the uh, Bruce Lee joke, the signs have disappeared. So that hasn't come out for a while. Ah. Somebody's sabotaging your Bruce Lee jokes. <laughs> I wonder what their motivations could be for that. Who knows? It's funny though. What You keep telling yourself that. <laughs> Shall we go? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Um, All right. Sorry we're late this week. You know, we know we're late because we're actually recording this a day after we usually release. <laughs> so sorry, we did warn you last week. Next week, we're going to be spot on. Oh, now you're making promises. I'm excited for next week already. Excellent. It, it will be a good show, actually. I, I have a, I know who the guests are, so that's exciting. Great. Tell me off air. Team out. See you, Scotty. Who are our guests next week? I'm recording and Adam walks in and goes, can I take my clothes off now? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can have a shower. <laughs> um, well, I'm pretty sure we will have our...